What's up, everybody? Welcome to Trail Tales. My name is Kyle O'Grady. I am your host. I am also a huge hiking nerd, and every single week on this podcast, I chat with other hiking nerds about their experiences on the trail. That's what we do here. You guys know that. I'm assuming you know that, right? So anyways, this week's guest is a man named Corey McMullen. He is probably my favorite like Instagram photographer that I follow. He is based out of the White Mountains. He lives there, which is actually something we talk about a little bit towards the beginning of the episode because I have this like fantasy of just like living in the whites and just being like a complete ultra hiking nerd, whatever. Um, that would be really cool. But no, we talk about that a lot. Uh, we also just talk about photography. And don't worry, before you click away from the podcast or whatever, we don't really go too, too in-depth on like the technical stuff. So if you're not a photographer, I think you'll still enjoy this. We just talk about, you know, how to motivate yourself to get the kinds of shots that you want to get. You know, some of the process behind his, yeah, his creative process. It was, uh, it was really, really fun. And it's always good as somebody who's constantly trying to get better with a camera. It was really cool to kind of hear uh, things from his perspective. So, Corey, thank you so much for letting me slide into those DMs and getting you on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Let's do it again soon. Real quick, before we start the episode here, let me do my my thing, my, my podcast thing. You know, I got to plug, let's see, the Patreon. Please, please, please go check out the Patreon. Now, I know that not everyone wants to, like, subscribe to something or give your credit card information and all that stuff. Like, dude, I get it, trust me. However, if you can get past that and you want to support Trail Tales on Patreon, that would be really, really appreciated. Uh, to be quite frank, that's just about the only thing that's keeping this podcast going. That, that makes it sound like I don't like the podcast. Okay, let me let me rephrase that. Financially, that is the only thing keeping the podcast going right now. I don't really make any money from this. I basically just use that money to finance, you know, the hosting for the podcast and to pay my amazing editor who was a previous guest on the show. So yeah, if you listen every single week and you want to just ensure that I can continue to do these episodes, I would really appreciate it if you checked out the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash trailtales. You'll get some some bonus stuff as well. So I think it's I think it's pretty cool. So yeah, patreon.com slash trail tales i think i'm just gonna leave it there honestly i think i'm just gonna cut the intro there we'll keep it nice and short this time let's get into it episode 99 with Corey mcmullen all right here we go episode number 99 of trail tales that's so crazy um cory mcmullen what's up man hey how's it going kyle it's going great. I really appreciate you doing this. For everybody listening, this is Corey's first podcast ever, which honestly, I'm a little bit surprised because uh, you have a very strong presence on Instagram, particularly among, you know, the White Mountains crowd and uh, fantastic photographer, everybody. So I think we're going to talk quite a bit about that stuff today. Um, you know, we're going to talk about the Whites and some other stuff too. So it's it's not all just going to be like, you know, nerdy questions about aperture and shutter speed and stuff like that. <laughs> But I might have to ask a couple of those, honestly, because, you know, you have to because I'm a, I'm a bit of a camera nerd, too, um, and I'm always trying to get better. So with that said, Corey, thank you so much. Why don't you go ahead and just kind of introduce yourself? Let's start with um, hiking. So, like, how did you first get into hiking? Um, you know, and I'm, I'm honestly kind of kind of curious to hear about uh, living in the White Mountains as well. But let's start with just your introduction to hiking. Sure. Uh Geez, where to start? Um, I know, it's a I very mean, broad question. I think I've mentioned this sort of story on Instagram before in one of my posts, but uh, I grew up hiking. It wasn't anything like obscene in terms of like how often I went. I went with my, my dad and my sisters. We went up to the White Mountains actually every November-ish um, to do some winter camping. Uh, so I did that growing up, as well as every fall we we had a timeshare. My family did in Stowe, Vermont. So hey. natu naturally, <laughs> um, as a result, we would do a little bit of hiking while we spent time in Stowe and and in the Whites. Um, and it just sort of became a pattern. It became a part of my life. But at no point was it really like an obsession or anything that like I considered a passion mm. at, at that time. Um, and 
you know, I always kept it on the back burner in my life. I did it now and then. Uh, it wasn't until about like four or five years ago now, I think. Um, I was just going through some some personal things in life, some challenges. Uh, just got out of a, a long-term relationship and I was kind of looking to get back to me and really start feeling for some some passions that made me feel alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and in high school, I had taken a black and white film course and never really did anything with it, but I had borrowed my dad's old film camera during the time. And so a couple of friends and I were just looking to do something different and I was looking for new passions at the time. So we started going up and hiking in the whites and doing little hikes or hike Mount Monadnock or things like that. Sure. And it was soon after where I just started shooting more pictures on my dad's old film camera. I quickly realized how expensive film is <laughs> and decided to sure enough, just kind of go for it and invest money in a nice DSLR camera. Um, didn't really have any idea of direction with it. I just knew I enjoyed hiking and taking pictures along with it. Okay. Um, and I had kind of briefly started looking at the the 48 list in the whites too. So it was kind of all brand new to me at the time, uh, in terms of, you know, hiking as a passion and hiking on the regular and actually doing it because you enjoy the activity and not just doing it because you enjoy it as something you've done in your life. Right. Right. Um, and before this time period, it was always just something I've I've done in my life, but never really like stuck to. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Um, so yeah, from there it kind of just spiraled. Uh, you know, I got that camera and I just started without fail going up every single weekend. I had weekends off at the time, um, from my job and I went up every single weekend. I lived in Massachusetts and I went up every single weekend to, to hike and I found friends that actually through Instagram, believe it or not, <laughs> I wasn't much of a social media person before this whole thing. And yeah, which was actually kind of a shocking bit to, to most yeah, people. Right. I think. <laughs> a little um, bit. I, I had Facebook and that was it before this. Um, and otherwise I never really used social media. Right. But it makes sense as a photographer. I mean, what better right. medium to share your work than, or at right. least, at least the medium, you know, that's going to reach the most people. So yeah, it, it makes sense for sure. Yeah. And I started out just as a, a way to share the hikes I did and the, the photos I took, whether they be film or digital. Um, and, you know, I got to talking with people on Instagram, other like-minded people that loved hiking, other people that enjoyed, uh, you know, hiking for also for photos. Um, that's a thing too, is not just hiking, but hiking for photos. Okay. Um, okay. And, you know, sure enough from there, like I said, it just kind of spiraled. Um, there was one person in particular that I, I met. One of the first people I met on Instagram was uh, Sterling Brooks, Brooks Parsonen, you might have heard. Um, and him and I very well connected in terms of what we enjoyed doing. And we ended up start, starting to sunrise hike almost every weekend. We would Nice. He lived in Sunapee, New Hampshire, so it wasn't as, as much of a drive. But I lived in you know, central Massachusetts. So it would be usually like a three hour drive one way and we would drive up and, um, he might not always do it, but I, I would drive up on Friday night after work and I would sleep in my car (laughs) sunrise hike on Saturday. We would hang out during the day, Saturday after the hike. And sometimes we would do like a small sunset hike in the evening, Saturday, and then we would drive to the next trailhead we would sleep in our cars and sunrise hike Sunday. And then after that, I would go home. So it, it kind of just became this thing that I, I did and mm-hmm. did without fail. Um, I think a lot of my, my friends and family at the time thought I was crazy because <laughs> it was without fail every single weekend. And then when did you finally make that leap to like move up there? 
Uh, that wasn't until it was like two, two and a half years into, into doing that, like every single weekend. Damn, dude, that's crazy. So you were pretty dedicated to just like getting up there all the time before you even, you know, moved yourself up there. That's awesome though, because, and the reason I ask about living there is just because I, I really want to live somewhere there too. It's a little bit more of a pipe dream. I'm not like actively like doing anything to make it happen. So it's something I want to do eventually. So I just, I like it. I like the fact that you were like, yo, I, I like this area. Like I'm going to live there and like make that happen. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Sure. I mean, a lot of the friends that I I had at the time, whether they'd be through Instagram or otherwise, um, you know, because we all did the same thing and hiked so much. And so consistently we were all like, what are we doing? Like, why aren't we living here? Yeah. Right. So for, for those two years, it was quickly a pipe dream for me too. Um, I had at the time a fairly, reliable and consistent and you know good job uh so it was tough to like just walk away from that um a career for me has never really been um i don't know everything for life to me if that makes sense it's never been my 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 purpose in life right right um or that fulfilling so you know i do what i need to with the job but i also am somewhat realistic so it was still tough to walk away from that kind of thing. Right. Um, so, and I knew up here in the whites, it's mostly touristy. So finding a job, a good job at that is few and far between, as well as um, most of the fields of work are revolved around tourism. Um, so it was also, you know, kind of making some sacrifices and and maybe taking a job that wasn't as good or as up my alley. Um, but yeah, sure enough, I, after I decided that I just couldn't do the driving anymore, it was, it wasn't long. It took me, uh, maybe two and a half weeks to find an apartment and a job. That's not too bad. No. After I fully decided that I was like committed, I'm doing this. Right. Um, so I, I made the jump and I, I had moved around a bunch already before. So moving wasn't so much the, the the issue at all it was just more so you know a change of pace a change of lifestyle right um and let me know if i get off topic at all oh you're good man you're good that's the whole point here (laughs) yeah um yeah so after that i i moved up and started off a job i worked at the um omni mount washington hotel up in crawford notch classic classic i had worked in hospitality before so it was pretty natural just to go back to that um and i lived for for hiking at that time you mm-hmm. know when i once i made the move it was a continuation of before when i was driving up here and that commitment it was i worked at the time a mostly evenings job and i would kind of do the same thing where i would work from like 2 p.m until midnight or so and then a lot of the times I would just drive straight to trailheads after my work shift and start hiking for sunrise. That's crazy. You moved all the way up there and you're still sleeping at trailheads. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I no, mean, not, I get it for the sunrise, obviously, but like, that's, not, that's funny. Not even sleeping. I would go right from work at ending at midnight and then just start hiking. That's savage, dude. That's savage. <laughs> yeah. that's it, was, a- uh, it was hard to sustain. <laughs> I, 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 I can imagine, but still... Um, did you like find that after you kind of made the move and, and settled in and everything up there that it was like as fulfilling if, as you had kind of hoped it was, or did you ever, I don't know, I, I don't want to like, <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying like you'd regret it or anything, but I don't know. I'm just kind of curious, like how it was after you kind of got there and, and the honeymoon of, you know, finally living in this place kind of sure. wore off and can you tell like i'm kind of like feeling this out for if i ever do something right. crazy like this too like <laughs> i don't know um that's th- i didn't really ask a question there but uh do you kind of kind of know what i'm yeah, saying no, I, I think i get what you're saying sure um so i had actually made some friends that lived up here before i moved and i had kind of you know picked their brain at what it was like and mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them were were saying that it was all that it was cracked up to be. Um, and sure enough, it was for sure. Uh, I don't regret a single second of moving up here. Mm-hmm. Honestly, this has been my awesome. favorite place I've lived, um, you know, period. That's badass. I've lived in about five different places since college. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've, you've heard of, at all from speculation of moving here, but, um, there's definitely the idea that you can get complacent in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, once you live up here, like it's so easy to say, oh, I mean that, that mountain's out my door and all the time I, I can do that whenever I don't have to necessarily do that now. And I think I had a lot of drive and motivation prior to moving up here because I was kind of living a story in a way yeah, or, or living some sort of adventure. Um, and it, it brought a lot out a lot of excitement or anticipation of the excitement. Um, and then once you move here, it's a little bit different. I mean, I would say I didn't lose that excitement or that anticipation of the excitement or that drive, but over time, like I definitely noticed differences, you know, obviously mm-hmm. I didn't sleep at trailheads anymore because <laughs> I lived within, you know, 40 minutes of any mountain in the yeah, lights. Yeah. Um, but, and I, I still, you know, chased those sunrises or sunsets or what have you, but, um, yeah, I mean, things changed a little bit and, uh, I definitely didn't stop hiking and I still haven't, but I, I definitely don't hike as often as I used to. Part of that's circumstantial just because of jobs and yeah, whatnot. Sure. Um, here in the Valley where I live in North Conway, uh, a lot of people work and put a lot of effort into their work for all the peak seasons because it's tourism. Yeah, and, true. You know, you work hard, but then you get to play hard, you yeah. know, come the slow times of, of the year, you get to do what you want and really cherish that. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I might've slowed down, but all at the same time, I cherish it, you know, because when that time comes around for me to, <clears throat> excuse me, when that time comes around for me to get to enjoy it and, you know, things are slower and tor- in terms of tourism, I get to go out and enjoy my home. Right, right. That's, uh, dude. You're 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 doing a good job of selling me. Uh, <laughs> not that not that I was looking for for someone to try to sell me because I, like I said, I've I've wanted to do this, but that's awesome. Um, kind of taking a step back when you were talking about how you like first started to get into hiking, it it almost sounded to me like you kind of started to to like really indulge yourself in hiking and photography at kind of the same time. Like they kind of came up together. Is, is that a accurate assessment of what I heard there? Yeah. Um, I think I sort of mentioned, but like the investment into a camera was, there was no end goal in mind or anything like that. I wasn't trying to chase a career at the time or anything like that. Um, it was just me kind of clawing at finding different passions And sure enough, I found out that these two things went so well together. Um, And I mean, it's pretty obvious to me um, because, well, when you get up in the mountains, there's so much to look at and so much to appreciate. So, you know, being able to take pictures or nice pictures of it was just, I guess, a blessing Mm -hmm. or or a way to really appreciate what you had. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, they they came about together kind of at the same time, even though I had been hiking all my life and I'll always kind of consider myself a hiker first. Um, but the photography just kind of piggybacked and, and went parallel with it because of how well they fit together, at least for, for what I was doing. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Well, one of the reasons why I was so excited to have you on is because, um, you know, you can ask a million questions to like a, like any photographer, right? And you know, that that stuff's valuable, but I always feel like it's a little bit more valuable when I talk to someone who's not only a photographer, but someone who is a hiking photographer, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they just, not not that, again, because I've, I've talked to plenty of people who aren't hikers that do photography and they've been able to help me. So I'm not just trying to, you know, throw them under the bus or whatever, but I just <laughs> feel like I've always learned the most from, um, from talking to hiking photographers and from like actually practicing photography on trail there's just something sure. like that's a and i don't know if, if you'll kind of agree with this um and not to compare my my work to yours either because there's really no comparison there but it's just like i don't know there's just something about actually going through the motions and learning while you're actually you know shooting in the conditions and in the places that you really like 
you know, are, are focused on the, the hiking, mm-hmm. you know, when you're hiking um, versus just going out in your backyard or whatever. So I don't know. I just, I think I, I have a lot of photography questions, which is where I'm going here. Um, <laughs> this is a long winded way of saying that. So one thing, another, another thing you had mentioned uh, earlier is you said something about hiking for photos, mm-hmm. um, which kind of like that kind of stood out to me. Um, cause I feel like I, cause I think, I think I kind of know what you mean, but I feel like people who maybe don't know much about photography or social media even might not know. I feel like most people know what you meant, but I yeah. don't know. Can you just like explain that concept a little bit more? Cause I think that's kind of interesting. Cause, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Sure. So when I was driving, uh, to and from Massachusetts and lived down there, um, and I was meeting up with people and sunrise hiking, a lot of us were actually photographers. Um, so we would all just go together and it just worked so well because we all understand what we were there for. Um, and we were all kind of chasing the same things. Mm -hmm. And that was oftentimes not only the experiences and, you know, first and foremost, really the experience, but also for the photos. Um, you know, especially when you sunrise or sunset hike, if you've ever done it, you, you know what it's like to, kind of have those moments just scream at you in a Mm. way um they for me it's i've always tried to paint a picture in a way of like what it's like but for me it just everything screams at me in those moments um and hiking for photos is you know you you see something that you you like and oftentimes it's those those moments of the sun going down or the alpine glow or undercasts with the sun coming up or or any of those experiences and you fall in love with also being able to capture it mm-hmm. and that's a very hard thing and to this day I don't consider myself great at it because if you think about how long something like a sunrise lasts. Yeah. It's, you gotta go quick. eh? Yeah. I mean, when you're, when you're just hiking and you're looking out and experiencing it, and if you see the whole thing, you're on time up there to the mountain, it it lasts a while, Mm -hmm. but when you're hiking and you're trying to both experience it and capture it in a camera, everything changes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's such a, internal battle too is balancing enjoying that experience but also trying to capture what you love mm-hmm. so hiking for photos sometimes is more leaning that that scale to not the experience itself which is kind of silly but i'll admit it i did it um <laughs> i, I but... don't think it's silly i could see how people <laughs> who don't understand photography could think it's silly but when you have a passion for for right. um taking photos at least from my experience because this is something i've struggled with um just like you know kind of trying to balance between you know living in the moment while you're actually out there and right. capturing you know good video or good photo or something and i don't i don't think that it necessarily it's it's like sure it might take away from the hiking quote experience a little bit but right. it's also another experience in and of itself if you find joy in using the camera so i i don't think it's necessarily you know a, a bad thing but i could see how so yeah, I could see how other folks who who are into cameras might think so, but you sure, know, sure, it is what it is. Uh, they're cliches for a reason. Yep. <laughs> um, but anyway, it, so the hiking for for the photos is you've fallen in love with these moments, whether it be for experience or for photos, and you naturally want to be able to capture it. You know, you experience something and naturally you want to maybe tell your friends or tell your family or be able to have some show, not, not for pride or anything like that, but have some show for what you able, able to experience and remember it. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, for me, it's always been a, a big portion of being able to remember it by something. Definitely. That something is well, naturally photos. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so hiking for photos is not only, you know, maybe trying to quote unquote, get that shot, but also being able to capture these moments that speak so loudly to mm-hmm. us. I'm just wondering um, like how intentional hiking for photos is, right? Because I've, 
and this kind of goes back to what what we we're what we've been talking about here. It's like I've had times where because I let me let me back up just one one step. I hiked a lot way before I ever started to care about cameras and photography sure. and video and all this stuff. Um, so I found that it, now that I do go out and, f- and I make videos of most of my backpacking trips at least, and I do, you know, try to take photos and stuff like that. Sometimes I, I just, I, I just wrestle with that. I'm like, maybe I'm tired or I just don't feel like, you know, using or n- not even using the camera, but just really taking that like extra time to like, make sure I get like the best shot possible. I might just be right. like, uh, screw it. Like I'll just leave the aperture where it is. Like I'm not, it, it looks fine on the screen. So whatever. Um, so when you said hiking for photos, that made me think more of like, okay, in my mind, that's like just being very intentional, like before you even leave for the hike being like, okay, I'm going out to capture these kinds of photos. Um, I need to, you know, bring this, this, and this, this, this equipment, you know, I need to be up there at this time. If it's like a sunrise or sunset, something like that. Um, and I don't know. I just think that's interesting because I really haven't done very much of that and, I think I probably should if I want to get better photos because half the time I, I'll just go on a hike and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll just bring my camera or whatever. And then mm-hmm. I like hardly even end up using it because like, it wasn't really a priority. So I kind of like the idea of prioritizing it like that, if yeah. that makes sense. I mean, it totally depends from photographer to photographer. Some people do literally map out their shots and shots that they want and what position and, you know, what they map out how they want to shoot it too. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it became a lot more about conditions, uh, being able to capture certain conditions. Um, and oftentimes that led to just hiking something over and over again until you get it right. You get the, those weather conditions right. Interesting. Okay. Um, so was it, was it, it, excuse me, was it almost like you kind of, envisioned a shot on a previous hike and was like okay if this and this were a little bit different then i could get like a really good shot here and so you, you would oh, like yeah. go back to the same spot yeah i mean that's awesome it, it's exactly that um you know you hike a mountain so many times and maybe it's a favorite of yours but you have a favorite portion or side of the mountain mm-hmm. and you imagine one day seeing an undercast sunrise in winter you know where the alpine glow is good and the clouds are, are moving at a good clip and you know imagining those conditions come all into play at once and being able to obtain that not just for your experience but also in an image is completely fulfilling yeah i bet it sounds just it just sounds awesome just hearing you describe it because i've never been that intentional with my hiking photos at all it's always like sure. like i said a second ago just oh just bring the camera and try to get some photos i guess and yeah. i just think that's cool man that's that's really cool i mean again it depends totally from photographer to photographer yeah. some people don't really have that intention they just like to capture the moment what they see what they experience um I guess I was somewhat of a mix in between. I liked just capturing what I saw, but now and then you just, you, you love something so bad and you just want it so bad that you, you keep going at it until you get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably why I've hiked the Prezies uh, a million and one times over. <laughs> <You Yeah. know>? <laughs> <laughs> they just don't get old. And then the conditions in them to, to add on to that, they don't get old either. Yeah. Yeah, and plus you get to see them in all sorts of different like situations too, because that's yep. that's kind of cool. With, like just what you said there, um, and I'm not saying that like most people listening are like thinking this or anything, but I I'm sure you know there's always like a, a group of people that are like, oh, like I don't understand like why you'd want to like use all this technology and like spend all this time capturing photos. Like why can't you just be in the moment or whatever? And mm-hmm. listening to you describe, you know, kind of trying to find those optimal conditions i feel like in a way you almost like really get to know whatever that spot is in a in a really intimate way like more so than someone who might just you know go up randomly would so um that's i i really haven't thought about any of this stuff before so uh that's 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 pretty cool to hear um can i ask you about uh capturing sunsets and sunrises sure because that's I, I see quite a bit of those on your page um they're awesome and i will admit i haven't really like i haven't like really tried to take any sunset photos there's, there's been a couple times where i just happened to stumble across one and i'll you know try it but it, um i haven't really put that much thought into it and from the the few times i have 
I always feel like I could never expose it well because I would either expose like I don't know it would be like really underexposed because the sun is so bright or if right. I try to get the actual like ground and stuff exposed well then the sun is just way overblown so I'm just kind of curious if you have any like tips or uh, ideas about how to capture better you know sunset sunrise photos um I think it as a general rule, it depends on the photographer you are. Um, some people are more landscape photographers and they want more of those minute details of the landscape, both, you know, the sky and the foreground and everything in between. Um, I've never been that person. I've, while I do love to take landscape photos, I don't think I've ever really set up a tripod and on a mountain during sunrise and taking photos on it mm -hmm. unless it's like a backpacking trip and I'm trying to capture the stars or something like that. Okay. Um, but for tips for, for photos, um, I mean, this is, I guess, depending on who you are and how much experience you have with a camera, you know, those times of day you want the ISO as low as possible. Um, and then from there, it's all just like a balancing act. Um, you know, if you're trying to include a person in it and you want the foreground blurred, but you want the person fairly sharp, then you have to play with what aperture you want your, your settings at. Um, if you want some blur, you could put it at anywhere between like F 2.8 to F 4. Um, but I think I don't know if I'm getting at what you're trying to, to ask. No, you but... are. You, you are for sure. I, it was okay. it was more of a technically, you know, uh, directed question. Um, sure. But I mean, I know there's there's more to it than just the the knobs yeah, and mean, dials and stuff too. Like I said, it's really a balancing act between, you know, your ISO, your shutter speed, and your aperture, um, and all also what you want out of the photo. If you're just shooting a landscape and you're just trying to get as much detail as possible, then you're, you're obviously going to prioritize aperture. Um, and then from there, you, you know, you can bump up your ISO to, to meet your standards. If it's still really dark, like in blue hour, for example, before the sun's up, um, then you're going to really have to either put your camera on a tripod or be comfortable doing handheld exposures at really slow shutters. Mm hmm um that's a tough thing too is because you know if you're on the move during sunrise and you're trying to get to the summit or to a certain point on the mountain it can be tough to balance you know being still enough where you can set up your exposure and set up your settings and then move on before you get to where you want to be mm -hmm. um yeah i'm trying to think of what other tips i have uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's it comes funny. pretty natural by now, too, if you've done it so many yeah, times. Yeah, I mean, back when I was first learning on a digital camera, you know, I I had to think about everything I did. And oftentimes I, I felt like I was just missing every single shot because I was too slow to, to set my settings and, mm -hmm. like, think about what I needed to do. Uh, so oftentimes I was just running and gunning and shooting blindly. Right. Um, but I think that's also what ultimately ended up to me learning. Um, let's see. I mean, definitely the wider the lens that you have, the easier it is to capture, you know, low light because, um, well, you can allow more light into the lens. Right, right. Um, but see, actually, it, I, I kind of have a question about that because sure, yeah. on one hand, it's like I get that, like the, you know, the wider the aperture, uh, the more light comes in. But on yep. the other hand, I also hear like when you're shooting a landscape, you want, you know, like everything to be in focus. So you don't want to go like all the way wide or whatever. Um, yeah. Can you, I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, that's kind of all in what you want out of the photo again. Um, when you're shooting low light, like at sunrise or, or for sunset where the light's really getting low, um, it's it's pretty tough to be able to achieve that unless you set up a tripod mm -hmm. to be able to get all the details in and do a shot like f22 gotcha or or around that because that that really sets the camera pretty dark and to be able to achieve that you would need a really sh slow shutter speed or to 
to really yank up the ISO. Right. Um, and if you're shooting landscapes with good light, you usually don't want to put the ISO that high. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's really difficult to achieve that kind of thing unless you set up a tripod. Uh, for me, it's not about Ben getting all the detail, but rather being able to like have the photo draw you in. Yep. Um, and oftentimes for me, that's shooting at a pretty low aperture of, you know, anywhere from F 2.8 again to about like F 5.6 or 6.7 mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, cause really I, again, I like that, that balance of like a little bit of blur, but also a good amount of detail in, in the middle ground. So it, it, it really is what you prefer. Uh, if you are trying to get as much detail and you're really trying to get a, a solid landscape photo, often that's setting up a tripod. And if you have the temperament for that to be able to, you know, slow way down and really take your time, um, then that's for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's never been that. I got you. Um, one thing I got to ask about is the portraits because, you know, we're talking about yeah. landscapes a little bit here, but um, some of the photos that really jump out to me, I'm actually looking at your Instagram right now, uh, <laughs> are the ones of people. And this is something I'm very interested in because, uh, you know, I try, I like to post photos of myself, honestly. Sure. Um, and I like to take photos of the people I'm with and stuff too, although I don't post them quite as much. But anyways, um how such a general open question but um i'm just i'm just curious to know your process behind capturing the uh the portraits of people and not even like the you know where there's just one person i see lots of photos here with multiple people and they always just look so natural right so i'm i'm kind of curious how you go about capturing people when they're hiking in such a natural way because i feel like a lot of the times when i try to do it it just i just end up posing or just looks kind of staged and kind of corny so can you talk about that a little bit sure i think i'll i'll start with one point but i'm gonna bring up a second point sure sure um first is i i definitely do hike with a lot of photographers yeah Uh, i I guess that that would help (laughs) that being said photographers just have a natural way of knowing when like a camera's on them or like how to be around them. Mm -hmm. Um, not to say that photographers are really good at like posing or really good in front of a camera. It's just, they have a certain comfortability in, in front of one. Um, so as a result, you know, it becomes that much easier being able to capture a portrait of a photographer or people who have been around a camera a lot because they're just, comfortable you mm-hmm. know yeah and, and they don't feel posed or like they have to pose um it's just there it's just a part of it um so that's one point um the second point is i think i've always tried to as much as or as busy as those moments are when the sun's coming up or the clouds are shifting around you um those are really busy and hectic moments, but people tend to, at least people that enjoy those kind of things, mm-hmm. uh, people tend to light up. They just naturally light up in those moments. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm speaking of people that really enjoy chasing those kind of moments. People just light up. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that as a result becomes a pretty natural experience and natural emotion um and i think one thing i've tried to do is capture people broadening their experiences and experiencing new things for the first times or you know you know for a person seeing their first undercast sunrise or a first sunrise in general on a mountain uh it's a pretty special kind of moment so not necessarily asking to someone to go pose over by this ledge or or whatnot and i do plenty of that but just watching them and oftentimes like again it's that internal battle between getting the experience and doing the photography but to be able to capture these natural moments oftentimes you're not living in your own experience you're living in the experience of the people that you're hiking with Mm -hmm. 
because you're constantly watching for that perfect moment to take a photo. Yeah. Um, so it's really just like a watching and being observant game is be able to watch what your friends are doing. Um, and it's hard because you're, you're trying to also hike for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's at all like a technical trail or anything like that, it, it can be hard to be trying to hike and keep up with them or get to a certain vantage point and also watching them to see how, the mountains or the moment affects them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something I definitely struggle with still, uh, you know, as much as I, I might try to do it and show it on Instagram. Uh, it's, it's a struggle. I, I still struggle with it to, to, to this day. Well, it doesn't look like it cause your foes are freaking awesome, dude. Um, <laughs> especially your, I mean, all of them, but especially the portraits. I mean, like I said, I those are, that. those are some of the ones that have jumped out to me and, I, I definitely understand what you're saying about just being comfortable in front of the camera. Um, yeah. It's like, I, I'm still like trying to figure out a good way because I, I do have to be a little bit intentional with my photos um, when I'm hiking with uh, somebody else, usually my friend Flossie, who uh, most of the audience is, is familiar with at this point. He's been on a couple times, but um, it's like always a balance between, you know, not trying to stage it too much, but also being like, Hey, can you take my camera? And I'm going to like hike up to you and just take a bunch of photos. Basically. That's yep. usually like what I end up doing. Um, and yeah, half the time I... it works. Okay. And half the time it just is <laughs> not just, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. I, I, it's, it's definitely tough to capture like natural looking photos of people without just posing them essentially. So I admire yeah, I mean, it. <laughs> I don't want to steer any of my audience wrong. I do plenty of that too. Okay, well, can you talk about the posing a little bit then? Um, sure. Any like any techniques or tips I should I should think about? I mean, it it goes back to that being comfortable portion again, mm-hmm. because if you're not comfortable, you're not going to do what you would naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it's as simple as something like hiking That's a really up good this, point. this portion of the trail. If you're not comfortable in front of a camera, then you're going to be aware, and that's going to change your body language. Um, so, you know, again, even if it's as simple as hiking up a little section of the trail, if you're comfortable, you're going to hike that as you would hike that. Mm-hmm. If you're not comfortable, you're going to hike that as you would hike it, but your body's going to tense up and your body's going to change the way it might do things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just what I've observed anyway. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense for sure. So in that, I think what you were asking is like about staging is just even if you do ask people to do something like that, it's important to try and make them feel comfortable. Um, and even if I do like portrait sessions of a a person or a family, like not on a mountain, like this is the exact thing that I strive for is getting them to feel comfortable and natural. Like they're just doing what they would normally. Mm -hmm. Um, and that just helps them if you're able to achieve it anyway, to just do things as they would normally. And that's what makes for the best photos that I've at least observed. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely a balance, something I'm still practicing and getting better at. Uh, how about shooting in the winter specifically? So I had sent you that message the other day asking about protecting your camera and and it's kind of got me thinking about, um, taking photos in the winter because I really that was really the first time I'd ever brought my camera out in winter conditions because sure. I'm honestly not much of a a winter hiker uh, until this year hopefully but anyways um, so obviously it's it's got to be harder in the winter right like you're cold you're wearing gloves <laughs> like th- you're you're trying to protect your camera all this stuff um, mm-hmm. I guess I mean you know there's a question in all of those points there but let's start with just the just the the motivation of even just bringing yourself to like use the camera as much as you would otherwise when it's cold out like that. Because even on the one hike I did last weekend when I had the camera, the higher I got and like the colder it got, the the less likely I was going to take out the camera, the less inclined I was to take out the camera, even <laughs> though I, I knew I had to, like I was making a video that people are expecting and stuff. So can you just talk about finding the motivation or just any ways to make your, your workflow as easy as possible when the conditions are, are cold like that? Sure. Um, well, for one, I'll just say first off that winter is my favorite hiking season. Uh, so 
it's hard not to just be in love with every moment that I'm out there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. And that's, and that's both, I would say, as a photographer and a hiker, is winter's my favorite hiking, or my favorite season. Um, so I, it is hard. It, it really is. And again, I'll probably keep going back to this point, is it's all a balancing act. Um, oftentimes in winter, you're going a lot slower as a result to be able to achieve both the, you know, the hike itself, maybe if it's for sunrise, then you're going a lot slower because of the conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, but also it takes more time adding in that extra photo aspect, um, especially in winter. Oh yeah. Um, I think one thing I've done at least to save myself is, uh, I've learned to hike with my camera around my shoulder just with my strap a lot of people uh have messaged me asking what's a solution to not do that (laughs) and i pretty much told them to do it (laughs) yeah and the reason is not just in winter but like if you want to be a photographer that hikes or a hiker that shoots photos you have to be able to be like johnny on the spot and be able to grab your camera and lift it up and shoot um and so i've just gotten used to that uh in winter i'll I'll tend to keep if it's a sunrise hike anyway i'll tend to keep my camera in my pack up until it starts getting to close to blue hour or where we start getting close to the top Mm -hmm. um this just saves my camera from added on exposure to the elements that it doesn't need, um, especially if there's, you know, snow on the trees and you're constantly, you know, brushing up against the trees and the snows then getting on your camera, those things. Yeah. Um, but I'll also always have liners on liner gloves on. Um, even if it's really cold, I'll have liner gloves on and then a form of a shell glove, whether it's a, you know, a full on winter glove or just a shell. Um, and that allows me to better handle my camera. Um, my hands actually have really bad circulation. So it's a battle I fully understand is being able to expose your hands to the cold and shoot photos when everything else is already cold. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a battle I've gotten kind of used to. And you take out your hands as, or you take out your hands out of the gloves as long as you can, and then you put them back in. Um, one trick I've learned, not just for photos, but for also for hiking, is if you're doing a really cold hike, before you even put like your big gloves on, you keep them in your pack and you put hand warmers in them. Ooh, there you as go. As you're starting the hike, that's a good idea. <laughs> I've never um, thought about that. That's just something I've done because. If you think about it, you know, if you start out with your liner gloves and you're hiking up and it's getting colder as you're hiking up, when you need those big gloves, you usually really need them. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, most for most people, at least, or at least just for me, um, the cold kind of sets in really fast, usually. Yeah. And it goes one moment from your hands just being good and moving along to the next moment of wow, my hands are actually almost numb. (laughs) So, you know, when you need those big gloves, you need them. And so I've stuck hand warmers in them already and they're inside my pack ready to go. Gotcha. Um, And then I don't know how many people use those little loops around their big gloves, but I always attach them to my wrist when I'm shooting photos because when I'm able to take that big glove off and just have the liner... I don't want to mess with holding that big glove. So I just, you know, take it off my hand. Just and let, let it, it dangle. Drop. Yeah. Right. Um, so that just saves me extra time and, you know, y- use of my hands. It's not a bad idea at all. <clears throat> I gotcha. Um, I gotcha. And again, steer me along the path if I'm not getting at your question. <laughs> no, right, you're good, but, man. You're good. Um, yeah. I mean, it's little tips and tricks like that, that I've learned that work for me. Um, I think kind of the biggest thing is being able to be comfortable with who you're hiking with is a huge thing because not just from like a safety aspect of like, um, you know, general hiking and and being able to be out in that cold, whatever the temps are and, 
making good decisions, but um, being able to be comfortable with who you're hiking with and know each other's pace is another helpful thing Mm -hmm. because when you're taking photos and you're slowing down constantly or speeding up, um, it's just a good idea to be able to know how you're the person that you're with hikes, because if you do know them, then you know, you know, how often they take breaks when they usually take breaks and you're able to kind of anticipate like how your body needs to move along with it. Um, and that's just as a general thing, like kind of helped me be able to also anticipate like, well, especially if I've hiked this mountain before, when do I want to take my camera out and take photos? You know, do I need to like put up a lot of my energy reserves for the beginning or the end or, you know, and as a result, I might like take a slower start to my hike Mm -hmm. and then save a lot of my energy for the end when I know I have to speed up and probably move faster than them to take the photos that I want. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. There's, I I feel like at the end of the day, I just need to go do it more too. (laughs) Just like get out there more and experience more in the winter and stuff. Um, one thing I'll, I'll, if you don't sure. mind, oh yeah, go um, for it. In no way is this like me yanking my own chain at all because I'm often not in shape. <laughs> but <laughs> there's a saying out there for photographers that hike uh, or or are in the mountains that if you're not in shape, you're not going to get the shot. Yeah, I can definitely definitely see that being the case. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's a thing I struggle with too. Is like being able to not only keep up with the people that you're hiking with, but often like be able to hike faster than them if you're trying to get a certain shot. Yeah. Cause you'd have to like get ahead of them to like frame it and things like that. I'm I'm guessing. Cause depending on the person that you're hiking with too, like they might not always like want to stop all the time. Which is reasonable. Yeah. So you kind of have to do it on the fly. And that's just one thing I've learned is, or, especially heard in the mountains from other fellow photographers is that if you want to get the shot, you kind of have to be able to be in shape. Yeah. Yeah. That, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, I hate to ask this next question cause I'm sure you've had plenty of people DM you this, but I got to ask. Okay. So like your, your photos are just like so sharp and crisp and that's something I have struggled with a little bit. I've gotten there sometimes where I get a photo that I'm satisfied with, but not, consistently so i'm just curious like um i don't know if it's while you're actually shooting or even if it's like post-processing uh, i'm just yep. curious how like you get it so sharp uh and yeah crisp like that um hmm. what's I mean, the secret what's the secret <laughs> i think one of the major things is whether or not you shoot in raw format versus jpeg right um if you shoot in JPEG, a lot of the sharpening that may, might take place takes place in the camera body. Um, and that's just not as higher quality of, of sharpness that you want or higher quality of image that you want. Uh, shooting in RAW allows you to really change the image and have a lot more control of the image. So you're able to most times get that sharpness that you might want. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and the details just are that much higher quality. Um, so that would be my first point is if you're not shooting in raw format, switch to raw format. Um, that would be the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. Um, outside of that, it probably has to do with a lot of post-processing. Um, I'll be fully honest with you. I, I don't come from a background of photography, so a lot of like technical terms and technical post-processing things I'm still learning. Really? Um, yeah. I would yeah. not have guessed that based on your, based on your, uh, your feed. Um, because it all looks great and, and not just the, not just the, the sharpness either, but just like the colors and everything too. Um, do you use Lightroom? I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. I use Lightroom. Um, I mean, I've pretty much learned from, you know, having fellow friends that are photographers and being able to pick up little, little things from them and talking with them. But I've also just learned by kind of teaching myself and trial and error. Um, so it's, and it was something I used to struggle with a lot more than I probably do now, but I used to, to 
really hate post-processing because I knew I wasn't good at it and that I didn't have the knowledge base or the education to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. So it was always something that I hated more than anything. Um, now I've gotten definitely more comfortable with it and I, I have a little bit of the know-how, but I, I definitely don't have a technical background or, or anything like that. Well, um, whatever you're doing, it's working. So <laughs> <laughs> glad to keep hear it, it up, man. Um, Dude, do you do you have a story for the end of the episode? Like I uh, like I told you before, and then forgot to remind you about. <laughs> um, yeah, trail tales. Uh, so yeah, I always have somebody sharing a a story at the end here. Um, and it doesn't have to just be a photography story. It could be any any crazy or whatever story from uh from your time in the mountains. Do you have sure. Do you have something? I mean, I have a lot of stories and memories. Um, I think if I'm to choose one, it would have to be uh, this one time that I did Mount Adams for sunrise in, in the winter. It was two winters ago. Um, and me and my friend Jack had tried to get sunrise up there before. Um, and we failed miserably uh, because about halfway up, before the alpine zone the trail just pretty much stopped under two feet of snow because the person that had come before they just decided to give up breaking trail mm -hmm. um and so we were going up airline trail which some of you might be familiar about um and about probably a little less than two miles in and you know the trail went cold and <clears throat> we still decided to for whatever reason continue on i don't think we really knew that we were going to make it by any means and i think it was kind of like an unspoken thing that we both knew we weren't going to make it but we just carried on and kept at it mm -hmm. um we got to treeline pretty much as the sun was po starting to poke out and that was way behind schedule because for people that have done atoms via airline you know once you get above treeline you even though it's not that far distance wise, like on paper, it's, it's a lot of exposed, like time above tree yeah. line. It oh, takes yeah. quite a while. Um, so that was just, <clears throat> and maybe the way I told it isn't anything to write home about, but that morning especially always sticks with me because of the way, it, just the way it progressed. I mean, it was that morning at the trailhead, it was sub like teens <laughs> to start <laughs> dude that's so intense honestly so it was already just a brutal morning in winter um to start at like 2 a.m and it already be negative teens um so just the way that day went and then we got about halfway up and the trail was unbroken and it was up to our knees in some places and we just kept going and I think when we got above tree line, it was just clear on both of our, both my friend Jack and my face, like how completely beaten down we were. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Just through that entire experience. But we walked out of it and, you know, we went up partway. We didn't end up summiting that day just because of everything we went through. But, yeah. Um, we ended up, you know, went, went, went up to a stopping point where we could at least enjoy the view and, you know, hang out for a little while before going down. And, you know, we both basically just laid down on the mountain and <laughs> laid there for a minute because we were completely so defeated. Um, and the goal was not necessarily just for photos, but to be able to be on or close to the summit of Adams by sunrise. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It Just the, the experience itself was pretty humbling not only but also pretty motivating too because later that winter we went back and we made it happen and you got it nice yeah nice hell so yeah those kind of experiences for me are, are pretty memorable and important even though we didn't make the summit and we got pretty much shut down um it's just that kind of experience that makes you like appreciate the times that you do get to where you want to be or, you know, all, all the good days that you have on the oh, mountains. Yeah. And by all means, I consider that a good day, even though it was completely miserable in a lot of senses <laughs> yeah, of I the bet. word. <laughs> but uh, I think 
you know, the type two fun experience pretty much describes that kind of, that oh, kind yeah. of morning. I think it's something that uh, just about everybody listening to the show is, is probably familiar with at this point. So yeah, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Dude, Adam's in the winter. That's some intense shit. I, uh, I want to get over there. Maybe not, maybe not to Adam specifically, but somewhere sure. over in the whites uh, this winter. Cause I've never really ever hiked there in the, I did, I did one hike and I did Cabot in early December one time, but that it wasn't quite, okay. it wasn't quite the same. So, <clears throat> Um, well, I'll, I'll say it: the the whites in the winter are not unlike anything else. That's I, what I've I heard. I think there's a reason that they're called the whites. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Well, shit, dude, I uh, I am looking forward to getting over there. So, hey, dude, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, thank you for letting me pick your brain about photography and living in North Conway and all this stuff. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on here. Sure thing, Kyle. I appreciate you inviting me. Of course, uh, go ahead, plug your Instagram or anything else you want to plug. Everybody, I'm telling you, if you hike in the Whites a lot and you like photography based in the Whites, like you've got to follow Corey. Um, even if you just like hiking photography in general, you've never been to New Hampshire before, still got to follow him. Uh, it's such an amazing page. Uh, he's such a good photographer. Obviously, I've been hyping him up this whole time. So yeah, dude, what's, uh, what's your Insta? Go ahead, plug it. So the Instagram is at Corey Outdoors, C-O-R-E-Y Outdoors and follow along there and hope hope we can connect awesome man um i will have a link to his instagram in the show notes as usual uh that's gonna do it episode 99 is over just one more till 100 uh thank you for listening everybody and Corey. thank you again one more time have a good one everybody have a good night